Well, I'm Pastor Art, and if you're visiting with us this morning, a very special welcome to you. For those of you that have been on vacation, welcome back. And it's so good to have uh, our family coming together again. If you're a guest with us, probably in the chair pocket near you, you'd find a little card called a connections card. If you would be so gracious to fill that out, then we can enjoy that. I'm going to ask Brian to come and read Scripture for us. Please, Brian. Uh, please turn your Bibles to John chapter 17, John chapter 17, and I'll be reading from the NIV. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you, for I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that the scripture may be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me, and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those 
you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that, you, that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Thank you, Brian. Let's pray together, shall we? Father in heaven, this morning, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the perfection of your word. And Lord, as we study it today, we ask that you would open our ears to hear, our minds to understand clearly, and our wills to accept what your word is saying to us today. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Well, we've been on a journey for the last while through... Uh, the life of Jesus. We've called the journey Lessons from Jesus. And uh, I was thinking as I was preparing for today, you know, we're we're wrapping this series up today, and and then uh, in the month of September, we'll be starting on a new preaching series from the book of Acts. But I thought to myself as I was preparing for the, the message for today, how little we've said, how, how, how we've really just scratched the surface of Jesus' life, and uh, you know, at the end of the book of John, it, it says that if, if all the words and all the things that Jesus did, uh, l- let me just find it here for us, this is, this is off my notes here, uh, there's many other things which Jesus did, uh, John chapter 21 and verse 25, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written, the apostle John said. Well, John didn't know anything about Google, but you know what? The world is full of information, and the world would be full of the things that Jesus did. And you know what, friends? May I go so far as to risk saying the world today is full? By and large, there's countries and communities in the world that I understand have not been reached with the gospel as we know it. But it's so full because you and I are in the world. We are there. We are bearing the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. And I pray that that as we pray for you, as Pastor Scott and I and the others on the staff pray for you as a church, that, that you would be the church, that you are the church. That's who we are. We don't go to church. We are the church. We meet here in this building but that we would be the people of God who would be the church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then we come together and we celebrate on Sunday, don't we? Well, you know, here's uh, Jesus now finishing up his ministry. Uh, The passage that Brian uh, read for us, he's praying, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's he's praying, he's giving his, 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 his last words on earth in connection with his Father, and, uh, and then he moves on to his arrest and, and crucifixion and then his burial and resurrection, as Karen pointed out so well for us. Thank you, Karen, for, for that passage that you focused on this morning. Well, you know, sometimes parents go out for the evening or they go shopping on a Saturday or whatever and they leave the kids at home. But they leave some instructions regarding chores before they go out for the evening or for the day. And sometimes these instructions are in the form of a note. 
check it out. Today's Wi-Fi password, if you want it, make your beds, vacuum downstairs, walk the dog. All right? Next one. Feed me. See what that is? You probably have one in your bathroom. Next one, please. The dishes will not walk. I, you know what? I love the cup. Check the cup. <laughs> uh, I popped that picture up on my computer and then, uh, hey, look at the cup. Well, Jesus actually has given us notes of instruction, letters of instruction. Um, if there would have been post-it notes in Jesus' day, perhaps he would have written some and left them stuck in some very strategic places. But he gave some letters, some notes of instruction. He has lived a very full and busy life, and the last three years or so has been full of him fulfilling the ministry that his Father in heaven sent him to do. And the last words that Jesus spoke as his disciples, and you know, sometimes we limit that to, to the twelve or just, just that little huddle of, of men around him. But my imagination drives me on to something a little bigger, something a little bit more. I would kind of like to think in my imagination, and indulge me if you would, that there were maybe several hundred people standing around that were in fact his disciples. You see, a disciple is somebody who has made a decision to follow Christ and then made a purposeful choice that they're not just going to fade into the woodwork, but they're going to take that message and they're going to communicate it out to those around us. That is the church. So there Jesus stood and just before his ascension into heaven, and we find it recorded by Matthew in chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. And Matthew said, as he wrote, as Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Think about it, friends, today. The authority of Christ is relevant here. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This was Jesus, really his last words to, to, to mankind physically as he stood before them. Jesus' primary reason for coming to earth was to be the substitutionary sacrifice for the sins of mankind. You see, the people understood bringing a lamb or, or, or bringing a, a, a bird or something as poor people brought pigeons or turtle doves Others brought lambs and, and so on, and they brought them to the priest, and the animal or the bird would be slain, and the, the blood of that item would be, would be shed for their sins that they had committed. And once a year, the high priest would take the blood of the lamb and go into the most holy place, the holy of holies, and there offer that blood for the sins of the people. So Jesus' primary reason for coming to earth was to be a substitutionary sacrifice, that the sacrifice system would end as the people knew it. This meant that he was to die on a cross. This meant that he would be buried and that he would rise again the third day, victorious over sin and death. This was God's plan. 
And Christ's obedience and submission to that plan is what carried it out. But it was God's plan also for Jesus to teach his truth to a select group of followers so that they could take that truth and it would carry on and go out to those around them. Brian read for us from John chapter 17. This is sometimes called the high priestly prayer of Jesus. And I want you to notice basically three parts here. First, Jesus prayed for himself. It was now just hours before his crucifixion, and as he agonized there in the garden, in chapter 17, pardon me, in verse 4, he said, I have glorified you. He's praying to his Father, and he said, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Doesn't it feel good to be finished something? Someone once said that many, many people start a lot of projects, but they don't finish them. And you know, when we start a project, we're all excited and we're all passionate, whether it's a craft project or, or, or whether it's painting the house or whatever it is, we're all excited about starting the project. But as we move through, sometimes it gets tedious and gets hard. And sometimes discouragement comes our way and we go, ah, oh, we won't do the kids' bedroom this time. We'll leave it till next year. But doesn't it give us a good feeling? Doesn't it give us a sense of accomplishment when we go, check, yeah, it's done. We hold out the project in front of us and we send pictures to our friends. Jesus said, I have finished the work that you have given me to do. So I'd like to ask us the question, so exactly what was that work? You see, I'm saying that was so much that could be said here. So exactly what was that work? Well, in John chapter 17, verses 6 through 19, is the second part of Jesus' prayer, and it starts to focus on that work because he prays for his disciples. You see, he had spent quality time. He had spent time walking and talking. He had spent time doing miracles and teaching, and those men watched. They engaged with him, and they helped. They served the food to 5,000 people in one case, men plus women and children, in another case, 4,000. They watched as Jesus made mud and put it on the eyes of a blind man. They watched as, as, as lame people were healed and people with mute voices spoke. And then Jesus said, I have manifested your name to the men who you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. God, through Jesus, called these men to the work designed for them. He called Matthew from his tax-collecting booth, and he called James and John from their fishing business, and he called these men to come, follow me. Jesus said, as the message puts it, I spelled out your character in detail. You see, in the term of time that Jesus was with them, he had time to not only preach to the throngs of people, but he had time to sit quietly, sit in a home with these men and talk quietly to them. It's all about discipleship. Friends, we in this church believe in the making of disciples. We want you to know the Lord Jesus Christ. We want you to love the Lord Jesus Christ, and then we want you to learn how to serve and move out and serve. We want you to grow as you go. John chapter 16, 
29 and 30 from the Amplified Bible says this. Ah, now you are speaking plainly to us, the disciples said, and not in figures of speech. Now we know that you know all things and have no need for anyone to question you. Because of this, we believe without any doubt that you came from God. Back to chapter 17 and verse 7. Jesus praying said, Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you gave me, and they have received them. You have surely, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. You know, I shared with our seniors on Wednesday morning that it must have been quite a paradigm shift for those people of that day, because that's not what they were used to. Their religion meant taking their animal or their sacrifice to the priest. Their religion meant doing that 600 and some laws that the Pharisees laid out. It was, a, it was doing, doing, doing. And now Jesus comes on the scene and he said, I want you to be, friends. I want you to be all that I can help you be. I want the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit of God to be on you that in your state of being that you would be full and excited about the joy of Christ and you would take that joy out into your community. Bible commentator Merrill Tenney writes, from the outset of his ministry, his disciples received him as the Messiah and the conviction of his Messiahship had grown progressively during the period of their association with him. Now that the supreme test of their faith was impending, Jesus prayed that they might be preserved against the persecution that could separate them from him and from one another. Jesus said, I pray for them. Verse 14, I have given them your word. You see, the fact that we're willing to receive the Word of God differentiates us from the world at large. The world asks us to conform to their viewpoints and their practices. And by knowing and understanding, receiving, knowing and understanding the Word of God sets us into a different level, if you will. It sets us into a different camp, a camp that has hope, a camp that has joy, a camp that has reality in Christ and a camp that has a passion to embrace a friend and pull them in and say, we would like you to know Jesus also. While Jesus was despised and rejected of men, the disciples of Jesus had taken their stand and they would be susceptible to the same rejection that he had experienced. And you know, isn't it interesting to note that if we read carefully through the Gospels, we find that the primary rejection of Jesus came from the religious community. Isn't that interesting? You see, the people out there were, the, were just the simple little people that had the needs from day to day, the little simple people. I'm not talking about children. I'm talking about uncomplicated adults. I'm talking about people that just wanted to know Jesus fully. Those that were blind, those that were lame, those that were the marginalized in the community, as it were. Those that weren't of the religious echelon, they didn't give him a hard time. They embraced him. They opened their arms. They opened their lives. They opened their hearts. 
And he was not despised and rejected by them, but he was despised and rejected by the lawmakers. And not necessarily the law keepers. <laughs> Jesus came down on them for that. He says, you're beautiful on the outside, but inside you're full of sin and wickedness. Well, let me summarize this by sharing four reasons that Jesus prayed for his disciples. Number one, although the disciples belonged to the Father, they were entrusted to Jesus for their well-being while he was on the earth. His prayer was that they would be given special strength in the coming days. Jesus was leaving them. He was going to prepare a place, as we read in John chapter 14, and his prayer was that they would receive special strength to carry on the work given to them. Secondly, they belong to him, Jesus. Verse 10, all are mine, are yours, Jesus prayed, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Jesus' prayer identified the mutual possession of all believers by both Jesus and his Father. There was a mutual possession. There wasn't competition. Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit are not in competition. They are complementary ministries. They are complementary wonderful people who serve together. Thirdly, the lives of Jesus' disciples brought glory to him. He prayed that their lives would hold Jesus up before those in the world, and by proclaiming to him to be the Savior of the world, brought him glory. You see, as we are serving Jesus properly, friends, as we are serving in the church, as we are leading the church, as we are being participant in all kinds of ministries in the church, it's not about us. If it's ever about us, we're off the track. It's about him, and as we serve, and as we proclaim him to be the Savior of the world, we bring him glory, not us. If ever someone is seeking personal glory, that's an easy filter, friends, for you. A very easy filter. Because if the person is seeking personal glory, it's a very easy filter that we would say, ha ha, I know where the glory's going. Not in the right place. Number four, Jesus was preparing to leave this world and return to heaven. And the responsibility of preaching the gospel now lay on the shoulders of the man that he had been teaching. Jesus' prayer was that the, that the disciples would be strengthened and equipped by God to stand against terrible opposition. Praying for his disciples was a very vital part of Jesus' life and ministry, as his vision was that they would be the next level of contacts to the world with the gospel. As a stone is cast into the water, and as the ripples go forth out to the edge, so is that great message of the gospel going forth in faith. You know, friends, today I believe what God would have us to do is take the message of his word and just let it be out there. Just spread it out there as a stone would be dropped in the water. Let's drop stones, not be concerned with counting ripples. Sometimes we want to count ripples. Sometimes we want to put check marks. Yeah, got that one, got that one, got that one. Yeah, we had so and so many today. We had this many people on our reports and all that kind of stuff. Friends, delivering the gospel, casting stones into the water, as it were, is so much more important than counting results and counting ripples. Well, part three of Jesus' prayer, he prayed for all believers, and 
you know, I believe that that's you and I because the scripture says we are known in him from before the foundation of the world. John chapter 17 again, verses 20 through 24. Jesus said, I'm not praying for these alone, but also for the future believers who will come to me because of the testimony of these. You get that? The future believers who will come to me because of the testimony of these. Go back to the ripples. Somewhere you and I are in a ripple because somebody shared the gospel with us. Somebody shared enough, cared enough to share the gospel with us. We heard two wonderful testimonies this morning of a dad and a mom, and bless you guys for holding high the banner of Christ in your home. I seriously believe that, and I so appreciate it. Somebody shared the gospel with you two one day, didn't they? They did. Here's the ripple. See? This is what happens. And all of us have a story. And friend, if you're here today and you have not trusted Jesus, if you have not said, yes, I want to admit my sin, and yes, I want to believe what Jesus has done for me, and yes, I want to make a choice today, may it be your day today, Because if somebody hasn't already shared the gospel with you, you've probably had a grandmother back there somewhere praying for you. Because it's a ripple effect. So Jesus is praying for all the future believers who will come to me because of the testimony of these that he had near him. My prayer for all of them is that they will be of one heart and mind just as you and I are, Father. Oh, I love that little passage because Jesus full well knew that it would be easy enough to clash a bit. And Jesus is praying, okay, God, my Father, I I, I want them to be of one heart and mind. I want unity among these believers, just as you and I are, that just as you are in me and I in you, so they will be in us and the world will believe you sent me. The entire tone of Jesus' final words is built on the assumption that after his resurrection, his disciples would renew their faith. Remember the story of how they they drifted. They they just kind of hid a little bit there. They would renew their faith and carry on this new ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. Unity in the body of Christ is critical in the relevance of the message of the gospel. This world notices, friends. The world out there notices whether or not the church gets along. You say, how in the world do they know? I don't know. They know. They know if there's trouble brewing over here. They know if there's trouble brewing over there or somewhere else. It seems like they, they, they know that somehow. Matthew Henry, Bible commentator, wrote these words. Come and see the victories of the cross. Christ's wounds are thy healings. His agonies thy response. Repose, pardon me. His conflicts thy conquests. His groans thy songs, his pains thine ease, his shame thy glory, his death thy life, his sufferings thy salvation. And E.M. Bounds wrote, God's word is a record of prayer, of praying men and their achievements, of the divine warrant of prayer, and of the encouragement given to those who pray. No one can read the instances, commands, examples which concern themselves with prayer without realizing that the cause of God and the success of his work in this world is committed to prayer and that praying men have been God's vice regents on earth, that prayerless men have never been used of him. Well, prayer is the great theme and content of the message of God's word to mankind. 
And the word of God is the fulcrum on which the lever of prayer is placed and by which things are mightily moved. God has committed himself, his purpose, and his promise to prayer. This all was Jesus' work on the earth. As we close this morning, I'm going to invite you to pray with me as Jesus taught his disciples to pray from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Let's stand together as we pray this prayer. The disciples said, teach us to pray. And just before we do, I want to invite you to take part in the prayer events that we have here in our church. Watch your bulletin, watch the Journey magazine, and come on out. Pray at home. Pray together as a couple. Pray together as a family. Pray alone as you're driving to work. You can pray. You don't have to close your eyes, preferably not. <laughs> Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is reaching out to God and having a happy relationship, having a happy communication. Sometimes that communication is sad. Sometimes that communication is filled with agony and filled with grief, and our Father knows. So let's pray as Jesus taught his disciples, shall we? Let's pray with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.